the feeling of connectedness with myself for the first time since that morning, the thinking, planning, freaking out part of my brain had been replaced by quiet and peace. And in that moment, everything was okay. Welcome back to Health Bite, my podcast where I offer you small, actionable bites towards healthy weight and weight management through greater mental, emotional, and physical well-being. I wholeheartedly believe that our relationship with food is a window into our relationship with ourselves. Understanding this relationship will not only facilitate healthy weight and weight management, but will have rippling effects that impact every aspect of your life. In the nearly two decades that I've worked as an obesity medicine specialist, I have seen firsthand the life-changing effects of this transformative work, and I'm so excited to share my insights with you. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Udine, and I created this podcast as an alternative to the noise to offer you knowledge-based guidance in the areas of nutrition, fitness, habit change, and mindset that I use with my patients in my medical practice every single day to help them achieve healthy weight and health. More episodes are available at dradrianudim.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter and shoot me an email. I'd love to hear about your journey. Okay, here we go. Let's dig in to this week's episode. This week, I wanted to share something crazy that happened to me and my family. We were at my nine-year-old soccer tournament in a park in Los Angeles where we live. There were hundreds of children playing multiple games back-to-back with family members, vendors, coaches, and organizers all in attendance. I was watching our game intently. My nine-year-old is actually really good at soccer, and our referee had already gotten my attention. He was a no-nonsense kind of guy, and I really appreciated that. When all of a sudden, he starts to yell, get off the field, get off the field. He's just chastising the tiger parents again, I thought to myself at first. He'd already told them to stop yelling at the kids and to step off the field line as they were obstructing his view. But then I noticed that people are running, and then I heard the word gun. Oh my God. And without thinking, I ran to grab my daughter's hand, turned around to find my husband, and we ran together. We ran to the end of the field and turned right where we met a group of parents running towards us. Turn around, turn around, they yelled. There's no exit. We ran to the other side of the field and found an exit. I have to pause and say that I was numb until that moment, until the moment when I heard no exit. And my heart sank, and I felt the sheer, sheer terror of that moment. We turned the other way and kept running. People were screaming. Some were scaling the fence. Others were crying. Honestly, I don't really know what was going on around me. I was focused and intent on my daughter, whose hand I was still holding, trying to communicate with my eyes what she was communicating to me that she was scared and I understood. Would she be okay? And I tried to settle her with my knowing or my hope that it would be. As I said, we found an exit to the lower field and ran down with the many others. Soon there were police sirens and a helicopter circling above. I saw my daughter's teammate 
a deaf child who had made the only goal of the game thus far, shivering under her mother's sweater. Blood on her shirt from where she had slid and scraped her elbow in her frenzy to get out. Her mother stood next to her, also shaken, of course, scraped and bloody as she later told me from tripping as well in their pursuit to exit. My own daughter just kept looking at me with quizzical eyes. Are we going to be okay? I heard them say. Not far off from where we were waiting, there was another league still playing, obviously oblivious to what we were experiencing not so far away. The helicopter above sent us a message via megaphone. Stay clear of the upper fields, it said. The whole experience was terrifying and surreal. After what seemed like hours, we were told that the police had detained the suspect and we were allowed to return to the upper fields alongside which we had parked our car. We were not certain if he actually had a gun. And to be honest, it's almost irrelevant if he did or did not. The fact that this is now a distinct possibility in any town USA is the real tragedy. When we got home, I was so disappointed with humanity all I could do was to crawl into bed. I kept telling myself to get up and go for a run, my usual cure for a difficult mood, or to take the dog for a walk, but I couldn't. I felt utterly and totally depleted. After several hours, I decided to send a text to a confidant. I needed reassurance myself. I needed an SOS. What's up? She responded by text. I'm on a hike. A hike, I thought to myself. Why hadn't I thought of that? Just the mere mention of it started to lift my spirits. And so I got up out of bed, laced up my sneakers, and headed out 20 minutes or so to a trail that I frequent. As I began to head up the trail, I felt like the trees, the narrow path, and the hillside kind of enveloped me like a deep hug. Immediately, I felt a sense of ease in my body, like the alarm bells were being shut off. And it's true. Being in nature does turn off our internal alarm system, the part of our nervous system that triggers us to action in the midst of a threat. The part of me that surged with cortisol that morning so that I could run. Prompt me to breathe heavily to obtain more oxygen for my speedy heart which would in turn circulate the oxygen to the rest of my body, that turned off the parasympathetic nervous system that had moments before been fixated on my hunger and the fact that I had to pee, that dilated my pupils, enhancing my vision so that I could find my daughter on the soccer field and later the exits out of the park. But now, all of that was turned off. As nature has scientifically proven to be true, reducing my heart rate, reducing my blood pressure, reducing my skin temperature, as I felt the ease settle into my body. I took a deep breath, inhaling at once the scent of the damp earth and the leaves, further generating a sense of ease and well-being. It's interesting that the sense of smell has special properties of all the senses. It actually is the one that bypasses the thalamus, the switchboard of the brain, and is sent directly to the hypothalamus, 
the part of the brain involved in stress responses, and to the olfactory cortex, the part of the brain in which the signal is then sent to the amygdala, that area which is responsible for emotional regulation. By bypassing the thalamus, it means that the emotional part of our brain, the hypothalamus, the hippocampus, which is involved in memory, and the amygdala, which is involved, again, in emotional regulation, to respond faster to the sense of smell. And science shows that we do respond to the smell of nature. It has been shown to reduce the stress response, including the release of cortisol, and to have other physiologic effects associated with well-being. In fact, sounds of nature, like the stream that I could now hear, thanks to the recent rains in LA, activate the vagus nerve and literally calm us down. As what luck would have it, my absolute favorite podcaster on planet Earth, Krista Tippett, had just released an episode of On Being, my absolute favorite podcast, after a very long hiatus. It was a conversation that she was having with Datcher Keltner, author of a new book that was sitting in my Audible's wish list called The Thrilling New Science of Awe. Datcher is a scientist whose life work has been to investigate the spiritual and how moments of awe or life's wonder not only have measurable health effects, but also is the key to connecting with nature, with each other, and with the world around us. I could not do this episode justice, even if I tried. So please just do yourself a favor and listen to it. But I will say this, as I listened to this delicious conversation between them, I started to look for the awe around me. The feeling of connectedness as I allowed my senses to be overtaken by the sights and scents of nature that were literally regulating my nervous system. The feeling of connectedness with the passerbys whose momentary eye contact with me and smiles set off neuropeptides like dopamine and serotonin and other feel-good endorphins in my brain. The feeling of connectedness with myself for the first time since that morning the thinking, planning, freaking out part of my brain had been replaced by quiet and peace. And in that moment, everything was okay. As you know, I'm a weight loss doc and I speak a little bit about food and nutrition and weight loss. But if you've spent some time listening to this podcast, you also know that I spend much more time talking about nourishment. The very many ways that we can nourish our bodies, serve our bodies with the stuff that allows us to live well. This includes our friends and the company that we keep, our mind's diet, the thoughts that we think, and the words that we use towards ourselves, how much or how little we utilize the nutrients of sleep and movement. Hi friends, it's Dr. Adrian, and I'm dropping into your podcast to offer a love letter to you. I believe that our hunger represents our unmet emotional and spiritual needs. And by leaning in and listening to our hunger, we have an opportunity to hear our needs and to respond. I know this not only from personal experience, but from listening to the stories of hundreds, if not thousands of patients over the past almost 20 years. I have compiled these stories, including my own, 
into Hungry for More, Stories and Science to Inspire Weight Loss from the Inside Out. This book is not just about weight loss, but about life and contains lessons that I know to be life-changing. If you don't believe me, head over to my website at dradrianudim.com where you can obtain a free sample or to amazon.com and check out the reviews for yourself. And finally, something that I've often contemplated that I now can recognize as awe. The truth is that even though I spent the last almost 20 years helping people lose weight, I really don't care about weight because I've come to learn that weight is a side effect. It's a symptom of hunger. To know and understand our unmet emotional and spiritual needs. A sentiment that I recently shared in my TED Talk that was finally released this week. So if you're curious about this concept of nutrition that goes beyond measuring cups, shakes, and pills and supplements, if you're curious about the concept of nutrition that emphasizes all the many ways that we can nourish ourselves, mind, and body, I recommend that you head over to my website at dradrianudim.com and take a listen to the TED Talk. And if you have the bandwidth after you've done so, and if, only if, you loved this podcast, head over to the app wherever you're listening and leave us a review. So many of you have sent me personal DMs and messages, responses to the newsletter, telling me how much we have at HealthBite supported and nourished you. And again, we at HealthBite could use some nourishment and support as well. I hope you have a safe and healthy week filled with awe. And I'll see you here again next week on HealthBite.